Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. Happy New Year. I'm Blair Kirkoff. We open 2024 with a discussion about the Chiefs coming off a victory over the Cincinnati Bengals that clinched Kansas City's eighth straight AFC West title and ninth straight playoff appearance. Beat writer Jesse Newell, columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell, plus sports reporter and columnists Pete Gradhoff discuss how the Chiefs are likely to approach the final week of the regular season, knowing they've locked up a number three seed in the AFC playoffs. No mystery here. History tells us Andy Reid will rest most of his starters. We discuss the advantages of that approach. Also, we get into how the Chiefs righten themselves in last week's victory over the Bengals and how important that is going forward. Okay, let's get started talking Chiefs with Sam, Pete, Jesse, and Vahe. Well, Pete Gradhoff is here, guys. Good to see you, Pete. Hey, good to see you guys. Nice to be with uh, three of the best writers in the city. <laughs> Whoa, now. Uh-oh. And he just looks around the table at each of us. Who the odd man out is. I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Just a joke. <clears throat> Was it? We got Jesse Newell and Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell and myself, Blair Kirkhoff, and Pete Gradhoff here. Um... Pete, we had a speaking engagement a month or so ago at Jay Rieger's. The four of us were were there, and uh, so we with Chiefs fans, right? And we talked to a lot of Chiefs fans. We had, we had a great time. I got an email from one of the uh, members of the audience who was there, and it was a woman who said she had no idea that we write during the games, that we actually write stories. We don't wait till after the games and talk to people. We actually write during the game. And I, I remember thinking, you know, you should see what Pete Gradhoff does during the games. He writes and posts during the games. That's what you do. So um, I think people who have listened to this podcast during the year, they all know what we do. But let's um, let's take a moment and explain what you do on a Chiefs game day. Oh, well, first I see what Taylor Swift's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a topic. It's a topic. <laughs> goes right to the top of the audience charts. Um, no, I really have a different perspective. Having been out at Arrowhead for some games, too, not a lot, but I, I realize you guys don't probably don't see some of the things that we see watching the game on television, like the dust-ups on the sidelines. Sometimes you may not catch that. And so I'll write about things like that, or if Mahomes does something crazy or someone else like makes an incredible play, and... Just something that I think fans will be talking about the next day or looking for that day, maybe. And so I'll just knock out a quick story with a highlight or whatever. If they're this season, unfortunately, there's been a lot of sideline <laughs> activity, helmet spikes, you know, the the surface getting spiked. Uh, Bumps. Yes, it's it's crazy <laughs> with the bump. Yeah, Andy Reid with Travis Kelsey. So it's it's that kind of thing, and and so it just brings a different, I think perspective to our coverage and the great stuff you guys get out of the games well i think the the star and kansascity.com uh have the best coverage on game day and during the week of the chiefs and you certainly are a big part of that so uh glad to have you on the podcast the chiefs this is the first time we've talked in two weeks because we did not have a podcast last week 
and so probably good that we didn't. That was that would have followed the loss to the Raiders on Christmas Day. This time we're following the victory over the Bengals on New Year's Eve, and the Chiefs clinched the AFC West for the eighth consecutive year, ninth time now in the in the playoffs, ninth consecutive year in the playoffs, and now Andy Reid and the Chiefs have a decision to make about what to do with the starters in Sunday's game at the LA Chargers. Are we in agreement that starters likely are going to rest um, in this game, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of the starters are going to play with the potential exception of like, I mean, first of all, you don't have enough linemen to sit them all, but with the potential exception of someone like Travis Kelsey might try to get him to a thousand yards, he's 16 yards short. I pointed out to Tabahe that Marquez is five yards short of 320. You might try and get him that. Um, but otherwise, I don't see the milestone. The, other than the, those key milestones, I don't see a reason to play the starters in this game. Um, I got into it in a column today. You know, We always talk about what Andy Reid's buy record is. Um, so I looked it up. What, what's the buy record when you're the only team that has a buy? Because they lost to the Eagles after the bye week this year, but the Eagles were also coming off of a buy. And so when the other team's coming off of a bye, he's actually three and four in those bye week situations. When the other team is absent the bye, and he's the only one operating with this extra time, he's 28 and three, a 90.3 win percentage. This will not technically count towards that after they play their first round of the playoffs. That number includes the playoffs, by the way, when the Chiefs get the one seed or something like that. Um, But... They had the opportunity to give themselves that exact same runway. Just look ahead to Week 18. So to me, it's not as much about like sitting your starters. It's about changing the whole focus of your week, and it's it's game plan stuff, and it's look big picture. Um, and they only need to look at their own history to know why that's a good idea. Yeah, and to maybe bring this to at least specifically what we talk about. I'm just saying, like, if you have a week where you've got a – me and Blair maybe can talk to this more, but you have four or five daily stories you have to get out there, it's hard to write a feature. You know what I'm saying? Well, the Chiefs can clear off all the daily stories now. You know what I mean? You, you can game plan for the Chargers if you want, but you're not trying to win. You don't have to win. You're putting your backups in there. So to your point, Sam, I think not only does this give them, to your column, like you talked about, a, a mental rest, which is needed because it's been a grind of a season, a physical rest, which even like Chris Jones talked about, hey, I've got Nixon bruises, I'd love to take the week and, and kind of recover. But also like a reset, like big picture offensively, they're not figured out. But now you can cast aside all four or five of those daily stories you were going to do and say, let's focus on this feature. The feature right now for them in the sports writer term is is to try to figure out big picture what they can do offensively and what's going to be successful in the playoffs. So they, they kind of lucked into this, but I think it's pretty fortunate, and the Chiefs are the type of team that could take advantage. Just one quick thing to add. You wrote about this the other day, Jesse, but I thought it was Chris Jones was really interesting after the game because his eyes got big when he talked about wanting to play at first because he wants to get his incentive with the sack uh, the sack numbers. Yeah, real quick for folks, nine and a half sacks, he's at at 10 sacks, he gets $1.25 million of a bonus. Yeah. So go ahead. It, it just, but, but I thought, and look, I... I could have been duped, but I thought he was. Uh, I thought he meant it when he was talking about how much he uh, um, would appreciate the rest. Absolutely. And um, I, it's just it's an interesting question within itself. Um, I think there was some press box uh, discussion about maybe if you're a Chiefs ownership, you just take care of it all in one swoop and give him give him a little incentive. One uh, pen stroke. Kiss, yes, one pen kiss, stroke. Just to that. say he can really enjoy the day off. 
but uh, it, 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 that is interesting. And the last part I'll just say is this. Look, they've got to arrest them, but it, it is a little bit different situation when they've been so up and down. And in a sense, the other day, they, they, they got a little traction, see something a little appealing about how they played. I think from a confidence standpoint, it might feel good to get out there and limber up and play play guys and, and know you did it a, a, a week a couple weeks in a row. But I just don't think it's worth the the offsetting risk of injury and 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 the psychological rest. You were talking about that, Sam, with me. Yeah. Even last week, that no no team would probably benefit more from the yeah. psychological rest. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that it's not saying that there's no benefit. Um, to building momentum. Patrick Mahomes actually used that phrase, you know, we want to build momentum and he wants to send me back out there, I'll play. Like, I do think there's benefit to that. I just think there's so much more benefit to doing it the other way, which is, you know, I mean, every single time that Andy Reid's done this, which he has done it, Blair, you mentioned we'll that. Talk, we'll talk about that, um, the two other times but, that he's done it in the Mahomes era. Yeah, so, but that's been for physical rest. And this time, I really think they need the mental break as much as anything, which brings back in what Pete said at the start is like these sideline blowups are an indication that this team is going through it um they went three and three in december or three and three uh in their last six games which again goes back into what you said blair this all ties together here is that they were at a rest disadvantage for six straight weeks they went three and three like there is something to having a rest advantage over the other team and um, all of that stuff outweighs what is also a benefit of potentially building momentum going into the playoffs. Let's make the point that the reason the Chiefs can rest stars, we've already established why the Chiefs can rest stars, they're locked into their seed, yeah. right? They can only be the three seed in the, in the AFC. There are only two other teams in the AFC that are locked into their positions right now, and the Chiefs can't play either one of those in the wild card round. It's the Ravens at the one, and it's the Browns, Browns at, the at the five, five yeah. right? And the Chiefs can't play. So they would have an advantage over whoever no their opponent is going to be. It's, it's the Bills, Dolphins, Colts, uh, Texans, or Steelers. And all those teams need to win or, or to potentially the Dolphins are the team that could lose and still, still play. They think they need to win. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're so playing they're, to they're, win. They're playing to win this week. But interestingly, two of them play on Saturday. So does that? So the Steelers-Ravens and the Texans-Colts games yeah. are on Saturday – their opponent could play Saturday, right? Yes. Or could yep. play Sunday night. Um, it could be the very, very end of the week as well. Right. But we, because of all those scenarios, we will not know, by the time the Chiefs game is done on Sunday, we won't know who they're playing because there are more ripples, dominoes to fall from Dolphins-Bills. There's, yeah, the one big outcome is Dolphins-Bills, right? That We do know <laughs> if the Dolphins lose, it will be Chiefs-Dolphins at Arrowhead. And... Uh, That'd be fun, right, guys? I mean, let's just speak for the, yeah, uh, the intrigue would... factor. Uh, that would be a fun one. Get the old deuce peace sign up. <laughs> ah, that's right. right. The Chiefs fans don't want to see the, the peace sign no, on that they particular don't. game. They a lot of half peace <laughs> Pete is flashing the deuces. Um, Terry Cole scored a touchdown on the game against the Chiefs earlier this year. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was involved in the scoring play. Uh, so, if the favorites all win this weekend, and I've you know, none of the games are supposed to be lopsided, but the Steelers are favored over Baltimore because Baltimore is expected to rest Lamar Jackson and its starters. Three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Colts are a one-point favorite over the Texans. The Jags are a five-point favorite over the Titans. And the Bills on the road, I guess because of these injuries to the Dolphins and the way the Bills are playing, they're a three-point favorite at Miami. If all of that occurs, if all the favorites win – 
Miami's the sixth. Let's just switch the Bills and the Dolphins game. Let's say the Dolphins win. Chiefs would play Indianapolis. Uh, the Colts would be the sixth. But there are many other, many other um, uh, ways that it can go with it, with the outcomes of those games. So the Chiefs actually could play any one of four teams um, in the first in the wild card round of the playoffs, and uh, we just have to wait to see how it unfolds on Saturday and Sunday. That's the dream route for them, though. I mean, if the Bills lose that game and the, those other scenarios, Jaguars win, uh, Colts win, Steelers, Steelers win, win, you're playing the Colts in the first round while the Bills and Dolphins have to play one another. Can't possibly have to beat them both. Like, if the Bills win, you, you probably have to beat them both. Um, can't possibly have to beat them both. Bills could win a couple games, and then you're playing, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're playing Colts-Jaguars to get to an AFC championship game as opposed to Bills Dolphins like there's a the Chiefs game means nothing and these game these other games mean everything to what we're going to think of the Chiefs ability to get to the Super Bowl Sam there's a chance that Bills miss the playoffs right yeah I mean that's the play. dream scenario yeah, yeah. like get the Bills the heck out of this yeah, this playoff yeah. bracket because well, that's the one we just mentioned yeah. right and that would be them playing the Colts and, and yeah. it's it's not out of possibility because what you talked about there some of these teams that wouldn't be favorites are now favorites because like the Ravens are resting their starters because they should rest their starters so uh yeah the Bills this is a, a crazy week for them but um to speak to your point Sam like there's a big difference in the Chiefs playoff route and a potential route to a Super Bowl between like playing Dolphins first round and then potentially having to go to the Bills second round. That's pretty tough. Whereas like Indianapolis with the Bills out of the playoffs or something, I mean, then all of a sudden you're looking to something totally different than uh, a potential path that would make it a lot easier. So we also mentioned that, that there's a possibility that, uh, Sam, you mentioned the, the possible exception of Travis Kelsey starting. There is precedent for that with the Chiefs. So in 2017, when the Chiefs were locked into their seed, I think it was a two seed that year, um, uh, that's the game Patrick Mahomes' first start. It was at Denver. Travis Kelsey, did, I'm sorry, Kareem Hunt started that game, the starting running back. He needed, I don't know how many yards he needed, but uh, he needed a few to become the AFC rushing champion. So he got it on his first carry. Uh, remember he had a 35-yard touchdown yeah. run where Aqib Tlaib just let him run by and into the end zone for the touchdown. And that happened also in that game. I, re- I had to re- remind myself, Mitchell Schwartz started and played every snap because yeah. he had that consecutive Ooh, snap yeah. streak going. Um, and so he was there playing alongside of offensive lineman. He didn't you know, would have practiced with but never played in a game with so there there was that I don't think in 2020 when the Chiefs played the Chargers at Arrowhead which was Justin Herbert's first year with uh, with LA that there was anything like that going on that happened to be the very the first career start though for Mike Dana Dana I'll get that name right before the end of the year and uh, Tershawn Wharton so um, it'll be the first career start I'm sure for several players on Sunday, and, uh, and and first of many for uh, I'm sure the the, the players that uh, that are going to start in this game, uh, Felix and Udike Uzama yeah. would expect to start in this 50 game. Fifty snaps. Right? You got to give that guy fifty snaps. He, yeah, he, yeah. He, he needs the snaps. Yeah, he needs it, the. There is something it, interesting it, about that as far as like, do you want to put these new guys in like the best position to succeed? You don't want to surround them with a bunch of other guys that don't really know the scheme or don't have much idea what they're doing. The Schwartz example is great. I remember so a year ago I wrote about Mahomes, because that was Mahomes' first start, um, and and I called up Mitchell Schwartz for it. And he's, if you go back and watch that game, 
you know, once Tyler Bray gives up the lead, Patrick Mahomes comes trotting back in as the starter and closer. Get the win to save. <laughs> and, he, and on the last drive, he almost was a pick. And Mitchell Schwartz said, I went up to him and said, like, hey, remember, all we need is a field goal here. Let's be smart. And he said, looking back, I think Patrick was probably like, dude, I know what I'm doing. You're an idiot. That's <laughs> uh, what he said. He said, like, I, I, he probably thought I was an idiot or something like that. Um, but I do think there is something to – like, Felix is part of the future, right? It's not just, like, letting him play because he's earned it in practice. Like, he's a guy you want to be part of your future, and I, I think you want to surround him with not, like, terrible conditions if he's going to play 50-some snaps. There's also a lot of, like, maneuvering that has to go on because if you have a preseason game, which is kind of what we're likening this to, you have a huge roster. You've got, like, 85 guys you can yes, go to, yeah. and you so you can play a few guys here and there, and, okay, get Kelsey, whatever he wants, and then put in, you know, your 30 backups. The Chiefs have inactives they've got to do this game. They've got their 53, and then they've got inactives, and you can only call so many up from the practice squad. So, like, this is – there's going to have to be starters that play. Like, yeah, again, yeah. the Kelseys of the world, Mahomes of the world, you, you pick Chris Jones as you would think, okay, just sit. Sneed was hurt last week. See, I can't figure out why he would it, play. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, some of these – I mean, like, I don't know. I'm off the top of my head. Like, Leo Chanel, he's got to probably play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you cannot sit your whole roster because the Chiefs do not have unlimited resources and unlimited guys to throw on the field because of the NFL restrictions you have uh, in that particular sense. I feel like Blair will remember this. Remember who played linebacker for him in 2020? That game that meant nothing against the Chargers. Well, Hitchens would have been yeah, on the Hitchens field. Yeah, Hitchens sat. Okay. So it, was, it was Colin Saunders played middle linebacker for, oh for, my much, God. Of, oh for, my much, for much of the game. I completely wow. forgot that. So they, wow. I, there is a point to where the roster is only so long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that was to the extreme to where Ant, that Andy Reid went to to say, my starters are not playing. That will be yeah. fascinating though. Like, um, like you have to figure, you have to play eleven guys. You got to put eleven guys on yeah. the field, and um, so yeah, they've got to figure. I, I, I don't know. This game in my mind, like Pete, you can, like, what receivers are they going to play? Because Justin I, Ross, Richie James. <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like those guys could to get the 320 might take to the fourth quarter. <laughs> well, that also got him 25 <laughs> catches. Is that what it would be? Those uh, guys, though. Those. But but you could envision him playing any of those guys, right? You know oh, what I'm absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Yes. So, so it does really. You sort of have to pick and choose like who is off off limits, and then who are guys who are going to help you in the playoffs? Who still it's like, hey, you we got to strap you up and you got to get out there because there's only so many dudes you can go to. I think those questions. See what. The, you know, all of us think, but what are guys that maybe should play because they still, you know, Wanya Morris Wanya. comes to mind as a guy Wanya that he, he might play in the playoffs, but he still needs some reps. And I'm wondering how many guys, Shamari Connor, does he fall into that? I mean, how many guys are we going to see starters play because we mentioned build momentum, whether or not that's a factor? Do they have guys, individuals? But Wanya is a great that? example because you said need to rep. He needs to work. He, he's, he's got a lot of refining to do at the, for. You know, for one thing, and I would assume that that supersedes the need for rest for him, or at least, you know, some play, right? No doubt. Mm-hmm. And also, again, to Jesse's point, the numbers. I mean, isn't the numbers game going to preclude that you just set everybody on the line? You can't. You can't. They're pretty thin at safety right now, so it kind of leads you both ways, right? I mean, you could throw Deion Bush out there, but then you're taking that away from somebody else. Um, but to your point, you know, Shamari Connor could probably use a few more reps too. So I, I don't know. This is, I'm sure there's lots of meetings going to happen with this particular thing in mind because, you know, you can't just kneel on the game. But uh, right now, the Chiefs do have, it seems like, the focus on the correct thing, which is going to be the playoffs moving forward. So Blaine Gabbard is your starter. 
Is that what, is that what we're thinking? Oh, yeah. Unless Ola Dokens beat him out That's right. in practice squad. He got beat out in preseason, but still got the number two job, right? Yeah, and does anybody remember Blaine Gabbert's uh, earlier appearance this year? Uh, yeah, it wasn't. Was I just it, remember he's on, game? He's on the, the bottom of all the uh, the passing charts or was early in the season with his limited action. So well, that's I did he had not two know very picks well. against yeah. the Bears, right? Didn't he go pick-pick to end the game? I'm pretty sure that's uh, right. There yeah. might have been something in between, but it was basically that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and, and look, uh, I guess you want to sharpen that saw just in case something happens <laughs> to the uh, We've seen it one. in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Twice, Chiefs have needed twice, their backup. Twice. Twice in So anything is possible to, I don't know what we oh, do with Blaze's name. See, uh, this is your rep right here, Vi. We need something in the press box to have well, ready see, for. Every pass that Gabbard threw was caught. He went three for five or two. <laughs> <laughs> Never hits the ground. It's, it's a shame we're not seeing Shane Bouchelle. I mean, Shane Bouchelle beat out Blaine Gabbert mm-hmm. in preseason, and they kept Gabbert because he's a veteran, and it's it's a shame that we're not watching Shane Bouchelle on Sunday. He, I think he earned the start. Um, anything to Blaine Magic? Oh, see, Blair got it. Okay, that's the – I'm glad somebody did. Okay, we can move on. Blaine Magic? I don't know. I don't get it. David Blaine – okay, don't, I'm no, sorry. Okay. If I have to explain right. it, it's not good, no, so we'll keep going. Well, no, it's, it's – it, okay. you know, remember the sophistication level. Of this <laughs> All right, so uh, on Sunday uh, against the Bengals – last Sunday against the Bengals, uh, the first three or four series I saw a giveaway, no takeaway – um, I saw the Chiefs fall behind by double digits, saw a couple drop passes, and uh, sideline squabbles. Um, the greatest hits the Chiefs were playing. Everything on the bingo card was, was right out there early. Including uh, fielding a punt in the end zone, which you didn't know was on your bingo card. That was, that was completely consistent one. with what we might see, and yet inexplicable and uh, literally off the charts, right? I mean, it, uh, it, it, unprecedented. That was Michigan these... Wolverine special teams uh, <laughs> stuff yesterday. Uh, uh, by, yeah, did you see he, had, he actually explained it on Twitter, on his Twitter account? I wrote it. Did you, wrote it? Today, did you yes. write it? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah, good. I'm glad you did. Um, but... Then it changed, right? Things change for the Chiefs, and that's why um, we're feeling good about the Chiefs going into the postseason. Maybe. <laughs> Is this Stewie? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Look, I think, um, and I don't know if it started with this, but one, I was interested in this because we've we've spent a lot of time kind of on body language lately. I thought after the fumble, Patrick just sort of contained himself. And I, I, I realized this all might not be causal, it's just coincidental, but I felt like um, he wasn't going to come unhinged. And not that he normally does, but, he, but he's had some moments these last few weeks. And then they just kind of started, for lack of a better term, kind of keeping it simple, not, not hurting themselves, picking the right spot. There was like that 41-yard pass to, to Justin Watson. They just kind of started cranking up some momentum. Um, I mean, it's a net It's a net plus. And I think also they learned, or at least they showed along the way that they are uh, cognizant of what the defense can give them. And Jesse and I were talking a lot after the game the other night, and, and in the moment, um, I, was, I was struck a little bit by Patrick wor- Patrick's words, but not as much as Jesse was as he listened back about Patrick talking about we can punt. <laughs> it was this revelation. 
And the reason that was so significant coming from Patrick is, I mean, he's always recalibrating, right? Well, this is not the last time we're going to hear him say, I just need to not try to do too much. He's going to, you know, go overboard again, or he's going it, to, because it's all, it's all in flux. It's the way the game is. But for him to be so conscious of the idea that, you know, we don't have to be desperate. We can, we can push it, but we don't have to force it, all these things. I realize it's a sort of vague generality, but it speaks to how he how he considers what his options are in every play, and I think healthy if he can stay in that mindset. And I do think he's trying to talk himself into it. Patrick Mahomes spent six years having to go win games for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. And he's come to the realization in Week 17 of this year that right now he does not have to do that. And if the Chiefs' offense can avoid handing the other team 15 points per game and just remain somewhat efficient and kick field goals and not put the defense in horrible binds, they can win football games. And that's what they did against the Bengals. So I, I did think it was revealing, and we hear this from outside noises, but for Patrick to say it himself, like twice in the post press conference, yeah, saying, yeah. we can punt, we can punt, it's okay yeah. to punt. I don't think he's ever felt like that with the Chiefs because he's always been the guy to be the hero, and this team doesn't need the offense to be the hero. I mean, it needs it to be efficient, it needs it to be good, but it needs it to not kill the team, which it's done at, at points this season. I didn't want to get to you, Pete, though, because, I mean, I know you are, are taking the pulse of the Chiefs fan base as much as anybody. <laughs> what do you think the outside take right now is on the Chiefs heading into the playoffs? What do you think the fan take is going into this? Saw a lot of stuff after Sunday's game that they were glad they won the division. Nobody has any conceptions that they're going to make a real Super Bowl run. I mean, I would say that's what most fans would say right now and talked to some people before the game, some of my friends, which is odd, about the Bengals game against a backup quarterback. You think they're going to win? Uh, I don't know, after yeah. that Raiders game. To your point about Mahomes having to win, that goes back to his days at Tech. Yeah, absolutely. Texas Tech. I mean, that's all he's known as an adult, is he has to score. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. High school, too. It's high school. I mean, he lost his last game, like, in the six. I think they put up 59 points and lost the game. That was his last <laughs> high school game, so... <laughs> Um, that's and why he didn't, didn't really shift. play full-time quarterback. But, but we're a product of, of what we grew up with, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, exa- that, that's exactly the point we're making here, is that his whole life he has had to be the savior. And this is finally a team with the defense that it's like he has to recalibrate in his mind a little bit of what it means to play quarterback for this team because just as much as anything, they need the offense to not lose games um, and, and have the defense be able to help out. Well, and you get other things, too, that sort of – I suppose you could say went hand in hand with that, but like obviously Pacheco had a had a pretty big game the other day. And if you hey, get, the co Casey star of the game, by the way. Co Casey star of the game, and as Sam got into, also I mean, it, the play, the sixty-seven yard pass to Rasheed Rice wasn't just the play in itself. I mean, that that told you something more about things they can do. Again, staying within the scheme, but but finding your spots. Sam, why, did you, why were you so struck by that play? Because it wasn't just about Well, yeah, I mean, play. I think, you know, the whole season when we discussed the offense, like the first conversation we have is about the wide receivers. And what we saw against the Raiders was a quarterback unsure of where his receivers were going to be. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I thought, played his worst game, certainly of the season, but one of the three or four worst I think we've ever seen him play against the Raiders. And there was so much pre-snap confusion, but I also thought there was a ton of post-snap confusion. When you go back and watch him, he's got guys open, and I think the only reason he doesn't pull the trigger is he's not sure that guy's going to be there until he sees him there. And so for Rashi Rice, what he does on 
the 67 yard pass is he notices pre-snap the Eagles or that the Bengals have busted their coverage that it's supposed to be a too high safety look because his cornerback is pushing him inside and instead he sees there's only one single safety he's on the opposite side of the field and he says if I go deep that guy can't go across the field by the time I get upfield and so he just runs it he's supposed to run a hitch route and just runs the fly pattern instead Mahomes sees the busted coverage and, and throws it to him and um, Justin Watson, who's kind of our resident smart guy in the wide receiver room that we t- chat with, said not a lot of rookies make a play like that. And I asked Rashi Rice, and, he, and I said, do you make that play in week one? He said no. Um, so it's the guy that we all think if the wide receivers are going to be better, it's going to be because Rashi Rice has grown. And I think a lot of people, they look at growth as physical tools. And to me, when receivers specifically in this offense take a next step, it's because they're grasping – what they're supposed to be doing, or at least what they could be doing within the offense. And there's not a better example than that play. His first deep catch of the year. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he runs a route that he has not caught a ball on all season because he just thinks that's going to be open. It's a sort of apples and oranges, but I, I maybe he'd already done it before that game, but his numbers now have eclipsed Juju Smith-Schuster's from last season. And yeah, Juju missed a game or two with injuries, yeah. right? And it's out of the last one, I guess. But... It, it speaks a little bit to this, you know, where's the volume going to come on some of these things. Now, you know, again, MVS, I mean, he's got half the production he had last year. There's other things there, but um, it's just an interesting dimension to, to that. So you all have mentioned everything I have listed about what went right after things went wrong early in the Bengals game, uh, deep passing game, the uh, Isaiah Pacheco's running, and uh, Jesse, you have a um, a film review of not just Pacheco's running, but the blocking. Yeah, guys, um, they had a really, really good development happen in that game that might go a little bit overlooked. But Juwan Taylor for this year has been the worst graded run blocking tackle, according to Pro Football, Pro Football Focus, of any tackle. I mean, the $20 million guy has been the worst graded run blocking guy, and he had the third highest grade of any tackle this week and we went back in the film and looked at it and encouraged people to go check it out brett tavo um you know former offensive coordinator in high school he breaks this down does a great job but he was mauling guys i mean we were joking if there was somebody i mean we know that there's bad blood between the chiefs and the Bengals, but man Jawan taylor was acting like there was bad family blood between him and 95 and 92 on the Bengals. he was mauling guys in the run game and we know the run game has not been his strength he's been known as a pass protector so um how can you help out the offense? How can you become more simple? How can you help out Patrick Mahomes, make him think he doesn't have to do as much? Part of that is the run game and being able to get yards in that way. And the Chiefs actually were pretty good about that until the Raiders game where they really struggled. But I'll tell you what, if you have those interior three guys we know are reliable and you add in a right tackle who was, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, the best player for the Chiefs on Sunday, you add that to the mix when it comes to run blocking and whether it's him thinking out schematically or just being more motivated to do it, all of a sudden, some of their offensive issues don't look as dire anymore. So I don't know where that Jawan Taylor has been all year, but if they get that guy for the playoffs, then uh, this Chiefs offense can open up quite a bit. Wish I had known that after the game, or at least at the fourth quarter, and I would have made try KC stars of the game. Oh, man. Uh, Jawan Taylor would have been a good addition. An offensive lineman can never be that, of course. He, he'd have to return a fumble or something. <laughs> he'd, he'd have to do something very obvious for... 
layman's like myself observing from the press box. Well, so. the Lions uh, tackle might have been the <laughs> yes, he made player a of the game yes, uh, the referee. <laughs> I think I'd heard a sound that, and just going back real quick, Ed Buddy, I think, won one week. It was, a, it was like an AFL player of the he week. He won an, off, an AFL player. offensive player of the oh, week, wow. and um, one of the great accomplishments for him is just is people, he played so well and mauled so much. I think it was the Raiders that People noticed and said, you are the Offensive Player of the Week. So, I mean, uh, again, uh, you know, just a great accomplishment and one of the things. And that, that was the last time that, that ever happened. It's got to be the only yeah, time. It's, it has to be. It has to be. Rare, so, uh, a yeah, really, really yeah. impressive feat in that regard. The other two items I had listed here, the pass rush, especially late, when they had the four sacks yeah. on five snaps, and then just the play of Legereus Sneed. Um, we mentioned him earlier. I think you're right, Jesse. He's the perfect uh, example of somebody who should not play. Oh. This week, do not hand him his helmet. How, how <laughs> yeah. important? How important has he become? And how good has he gotten? How important has he come, become to this team? His his stats. Uh, what are they up to now? Was it eighty two targets without allowing a touchdown this year? And he uh, always takes. He's going to go the whole season without allowing a touchdown. That's right. If he doesn't um, play. Yep. The Jerry Sneed. It was evident from like four weeks of his rookie year that they got above the value of where they selected him. Fourth rounder. Yeah, but, um, you know, a couple weeks ago I chatted with some people, and Legereus included, and he said he was really lazy as, as a rookie, that Spags had to come up, over to him uh, during training camp, and or uh, OTAs, that was the COVID year, and say, pick this bleep up. Mm-hmm. And that now, I mean, you talk to Dave Merritt, and he says that they can't slow him down in practice. Even they're doing a walkthrough and he's in people's faces. And I do not understand Jamar Chase's strategy. I love that he gives us all content, but I don't understand the strategy that he continues to try to get under the skin of Chiefs receivers or uh, defensive backs because they've shut him. They, the Chiefs defensive backs have bossed the Bengals the last two times they faced them. And these last two games, from the Bengals' perspectives, have been defined by the trash talk that comes out of their locker room in the absence of it that comes out of the Chiefs locker room until after the game. Um, but you're right, Blair. I mean, the bigger point is Lerdarius Sneed has guarded top receivers the entire season. I think that's the eighth time this year that he's just shadowed another receiver, and the numbers are incredible. And you talk about pro football focus. They don't have Lerdarius graded that highly, but, I mean, he is about to get a major contract in the offseason um, because of the season he's had. I saw Bill Barnwell put him all pro. Uh, yeah. on his ESPN end of the told, year. Um, yeah. Wasn't that you, Blair, that asked the question, I think, to him, but um, said he's playing like the best cornerback in the league right now. Well, and again, there's other outside people that you know study the stats and the film and all those sorts of things that are saying the same thing. So I'm, I'm with you, Sam. Just, and, you know, it's sort of like the Chris Jones conversation I saw in that same Barnwell piece that Chris Jones leads the NFL in sacks created, which is 18 and a half, which means either you got there or mm-hmm. the pressure you created helped George Karloftis or Charles Amenahu get there. So, again, he's in line for a big contract. But uh, LeJerry's seen the same way, allowing Trent McDuffie to play the nickel and allowed him to utilize all those great blitzing skills that he's shown this year. Uh, it just kind of has a domino effect on the Chiefs' defense. But, um, yeah, he's he's been incredible for the Chiefs and has really allowed them to do what they've done. Will that big contract come from the Chiefs will be a topic for another <laughs> podcast. Uh, we'll have fun with that uh, sometime after the season or in the next coming weeks, but we have uh, uh, we've talked too long. Now we've talked just just long enough, I think. Um, I think because we had Pete here today, that's why we went that's a little we went a little over. Yeah, no, it was great, Pete. Thanks for being here. Great to have you. Uh, always great to have Sam and Jesse and Bahe. 
So um, we'll come at you again about a week from today. Thanks for listening. That'll do it for this episode. Randy Mason was our producer, and big thanks to him and the production crew of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, Jesse Newell, and Pete Gradhoff for sharing their insights. It was true in 2023 and continues to be true this year. Morning Sports Edition, produced by The Star, is the best digital sports page going. It includes coverage of the Chiefs, Royals, colleges, soccer, national and international sports coverage. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, tell us what you thought about this episode where you can rate and review podcasts. We'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC where we talk sports in and around Kansas City.